what people don't realize sometimes is that in entertainment, you have to have a side gig. <laughs> and Wait, are you, okay, you don't make loads of money right away every time. Isn't that shocking? You don't win an Oscar after six months for the most part, and you don't make like millions of dollars within the first year of being there. From Chispa House, this is Creative First, the show about the spark of creative leaders and how they discovered their passions, what inspires their work ethic, and the journey of getting paid to do what they love the most. I'm your host, Kelsey Cochran, and this week our guest is Megan Nager. She is a filmmaker, a screenwriter, an actress, and a hilarious comedian. Uh, She's written for Kevin Hart's LOL Network and True TV, and she's even recently written her own short series, uh, which is featured on Amazon, and kind of goes through her own life events, which we actually uncover in today's episode. Um, Additionally, she is the co-founder of Wake and Make Media, not Wake and Bake, although she did admit that that's where she got inspiration for the company name. Uh, Megan was so fun to talk to and she's really genuine and outgoing and I seriously want to continue being her friend Megan if you're listening please hit me up (laughs) and I know you guys are all going to want to as well so let's get into it hey guys I am pumped to be back here with you today we have an awesome guest her name is Megan Nager and she is a filmmaker entrepreneur, comedian, writer, digital content creator. Am I missing something? Like you have so many titles. <laughs> it was like, I feel like that's not always a good thing. Cause sometimes I'm like, I don't know what I am, but um, I think that covers most of them. Yeah. Okay. Great, great, great. So before you came on, I was thinking like, where do I even begin? And I was like, oh my gosh, like, honestly, I don't know. Like there's so much to cover, but I think I'll probably start with like your film writing comedy portion of your life. Cause that has been like a huge part of your career. Um, and I would love to know, like, when did you start developing your passion for like the writing and filmmaking aspects of your career? Totally. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. I'm super flattered. I love meeting other creatives and I think it's really important for people to embrace their creativity. So I basically got into it I grew up in a very academic environment. So it was always like school, school, school. But on the side, I always ended up writing and being really into writing. I would read like since the time I can remember, I was just obsessed with reading. And then I'd write like, you know, little books and stuff for fun. And then in school, anytime I got assigned a school project, I don't know how this started, but my go-to was always like, I'm going to film a video. So I'd like pay my friends because none of them wanted to be in it. I'd pay them to just like be in these presentations. And then in the presentations, I would just act like different characters, which like didn't fit at all with what the teacher (laughs) wanted. But (laughs) I ended up doing well because they were like, no one else made a video. So me just like messing around and always being passionate about my, like both my parents are always into movies and TV Mm -hmm. and and film. So growing up with that and then um, writing my own projects, I always wanted to act, but was kind of like scared to be an actor because of all the uncertainty and it's a crazy industry. So um, I just kept doing it for fun. And then I'd go to theater camp in the summers. Then by the time I got to college, I started writing more for like my school paper. And then I got into theater in college and then I started writing plays. And then that turned into writing screenplays for Mm -hmm. like a class. And I moved to LA and immediately went to a, an acting school, an acting conservatory. And during that time, I just naturally gravitated towards 
comedy, which I've always loved. And then writing my own projects because I am, I don't like being dependent on other people for work. So as an actor, you have to sit around and wait a lot. And I love Mm -hmm. being able to write my own projects and then being able to film them. That's awesome. So So when did you like, cause you have like, you know, you're sometimes behind the camera, but you also wanted to be an actress, which is very in front of the camera. So how did you decide which one to pursue or which one was like more you? That's a great question. Still answering that. I, <laughs> I, because I was like, you know, I'm going to move to LA. I'm just going to act. So I got out of the school and I did for two years. I was in like all these intense acting programs. Like I've probably been to L- every acting coach in LA possible. I did mm-hmm. like And I did improv classes. And then I would just be sitting at home waiting on like an agent or an acting gig. And I just remember one day I was at home all day. I was doing like managing social media accounts on the side. And I just started crying because I was like, I feel like such a loser. I'm just sitting around all day, like waiting around. I'm on my phone. It just, it was depressing. And so I was like, I'm going to start making my own stuff. So then from there, I didn't really have any help. My ex-boyfriend at the time was an editor. So he kind of taught me how to edit a little. I got a cheap camera and I started filming my own stuff. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to just be in front of the camera and behind the camera and then edit it. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do it all. (laughs) I'm going to do it all. And a lot of people, including tons of like agents and managers and friends in the industry were just like, you can't do that. You're being crazy. You have to focus on one. But I had so much downtime with acting. I like to do a bunch of different things. So I I always consider myself more of a filmmaker than actor, but I do love being in front of the camera. Okay. And also I have to like commend you because you've done like stand up comedy at like the Laugh Factory and Hollywood Improv and like the Comedy Store, which are just like really fun environments in LA, especially in the comedy world. And you've even wrote original content for like Kevin Hart's LOL network and also True TV, which like I'm hyping you up over here. But thank like, you. <laughs> when did you discover that like you had this really witty nature? Like you weren't like a serious, I mean, I'm sure you can be a serious actress, but like, even from just talking to you within the past, like five minutes, like I can tell, like you just have this like spunk and like witty nature about you. And how did you find that? Oh, thank you. I've always loved comedy. I feel like my parents are funny, maybe unintentionally, but they're just, I grew up in like a loud family. And so they're always very like quippy and like sarcastic. And like literally from the time I was little, I was into comedy, but then, and I would always like, watch SNL and all the like Night at the Roxbury and like goofy 90s comedies and then it really solidified it when I did go to this acting conservatory and the first semester was drama and the second semester was comedy and the drama I I hated I was so bad at it like I kept cracking up during these like the first scene I got was this intense like romantic makeout scene with this guy who I was just not, I was like, I can't do this. So I was, (laughs) I just was laughing the whole time. I like failed out of the class. My teacher was just like, you have to take this more seriously. And then I was like, this just isn't for me. And then I got to the comedy section and right away I was like, oh, I can breathe. And like, I felt at home. I felt like much more comfortable doing comedy. So I've always gravitated towards comedy, whether it's what I'm writing or producing or acting in. I've done drama, but I really love comedy. Okay, so this kind of segues me into something because on your social media profiles, 
when I first found you, I was like, oh, this girl's definitely a comedian. Like I could tell there were aspects of comedy. And then when I started to actually just like follow your page and then like kind of look at what you're posting, I realized that you were creating this like almost comedic, but real effect around like women's beauty standards and then kind of putting your own touch of your personal style and like character on your Instagram feed. And I want to talk about that a little bit because I think it's really interesting that you have done that on such like a public platform. I mean, it seems really genuine. And like I said, it's definitely comedic and it's just like really real. And like, sometimes you literally completely morph your body into these dramatic ideal shapes for women. And like, you don't hide how obvious that it is. And like, you create this lighthearted laughing effect out of it. What motivated you to kind of lean into that on your like social media platform? Because I think it's awesome, but like, I haven't seen really anyone do that before. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate that. I didn't like fully dive into it, but what happened is I always was creating content. And then when I remember, I I don't know if it was 2014, 2015, they like extended the Instagram videos to one minute, 60 Mm -hmm. seconds. And at the time I just so happened, I lived in like the center of like right near Beverly Hills in LA and LA is just like a scene. And I don't know if it was like someone I followed and then it kept being everything I saw, but I just saw all of these like fitness girls on Instagram and it was driving me crazy because they were wearing these like waist trainers and they were putting like their boobs were out with like a Bible quote and like it was supposed to be serious or like, you know, they're like at the gym and they're just like taking pictures of their asses, excuse me, but like. (laughs) I just, I thought it was a joke. Like I was like, there's, there's no way these girls can be this, be serious about that. And so I just, I made this fictional fitness character called Serena. And so I used to do these stupid fitness videos. And then from there, I realized that like being in LA that long, the beauty standards did begin to affect me. And then just doing that character, I was like, as even treating it as a joke, like I'm being more paranoid about like my weight or even when I do edit like little things on my pictures when I'm being serious. And I was like, this is a real thing. So that's where it began. Yeah. Have you, well, I know that you also have created a short series called verified and it kind of plays into that same mindset where if, people haven't heard of verified it's about a girl whose boyfriend dumps her for this like instagram model and then she tries to become you know that instagram model herself or like portray a similar style to try to like win him back so it is kind of about social media's effects on women's body images and also like self-confidence so do you think that what you were seeing on social media played into the creation of that short series it was like kind of a bunch of stuff at once i um the body image thing was one thing, but then at the same time, I actually was in a really bad relationship with a guy who was old. He was like eight years older than me, had been in LA a lot longer and was just like, just the worst. And <laughs> he ended up breaking up with me and I found out he was cheating on me with a girl who's like an Instagram model. Wait, wait, wait. So is verified? Like, I mean, I know that you no. are an actress in it, but like, I did not realize that was about your so, yeah verified is like real life uh, like this girl's she's like double d boobs and shoot like looks like a Marilyn monroe, monroe wannabe and it affected me so much and i found myself wanting to get botox and filler and like make myself look sexier on social media and do all this stuff and i was like whoa wait a minute what am i doing 
So Verify stems from that, but it also coincidentally had like also fed in with the same stuff that I'd already been doing. So it's based on real, on a real story. <laughs> well, like, I'm sorry to hear that, but also it's done so well. Like you have oh, been you. able to hit the film festival scene pretty hard with it. And it was named like best romantic comedy at the LA film festival and was an official selection at the Atlanta comedy film festival. And it's also like competed at Sundance and, and Holly Short. So, I mean, congrats that you have made, like, thank you. What would you tell someone who is, you know, maybe looking for a story or looking for a narrative to create? Like, would you recommend kind of playing out of your own life experiences to create content? So I always do. I think especially when you're first beginning, easiest to write what you know, and that sounds cliche, but it really is whether, and this applies to stand-up as well, but even if you take a story that's happened to you and even if you spin it a little, but if you start with something personal, I think that always helps because when you're, especially right away, like people will jump and they're gonna, they're like, I'm gonna write this sci-fi novel and the characters they know nothing about and it just gets really out of their hands. And I think when it's more, it's closer to home, it's easier to believe. So not always, but I always like to use personal stories as a starting off point. I, it, it can be intimidating to do something so personal, but I think that one, it's incredibly therapeutic. And it's also, it's a good feeling like it, it is. And people don't need to know that it's that personal if you don't want them to. And also, and I might just be coming out of a place of, you know, like ignorance, like, cause I have not wrote a narrative short series based on a moment in my life, but I almost feel like you are able to tell the story so much better and convey the narrative so much better because you know exactly how it played out. Like you're not making any of it up. Like maybe if you tweak some things here and there, of course, for like dramatic effect or whatnot. But I mean, at the base layer, the story is completely yours. Exactly. Exactly. It's yours. No one can take it from you. No one can replicate it. And I think the stories that are true or have like a degree of truth are super powerful. So yes. And then what do you think you've learned from society, like both through just your Instagram feed and then also through this short series? Like I know you have gotten praise for, from both sides and how has that been, you know, uplifting to you or what have you just learned about society as a whole from like making this sort of content? I just did it without thinking, like, really, really thinking about it that much. I was just like, this is what I'm seeing, so I'm going to put it out there. And then what is validating is people who are like, oh, I love that because it's making fun of just the fact that it was relatable yeah. was really made me feel validated, I guess. And also, if I, I love comedy because, and this sounds like cliche or cheesy, but I think that if you can make someone laugh, especially at something that they take very, very seriously, it really like puts a new spin on that topic. Cause sometimes when I'm just like, this is so serious or I'm crying about it, or I'm really down. It's nice to know that like other people have felt the same way and that other people can laugh at it. So just knowing that people get where I'm coming from and that they find it refreshing, I guess. Yeah, well, I did watch the first episode of it and I thought that it was like super well done and, and, and also super relatable. Like I- Oh, thank you. Immediately. And I think that there are short series or TV series that are coming out that are a little bit more relatable and aren't as far-fetched. Like I saw something recently that was Sex in the City. Carrie Bradshaw lived in the Upper East Side and her rent was like $750. And I she, saw the same thing. Yeah, yep. And I was like, oh my God. When I think about it, I'm like, that's so true. Like no one could have watched that and been like, yes that is what it's actually yep like. <laughs> it's so 
And also I'll add to that. That's absolutely true. And I think specifically with verified, it was just, especially when I tell people that that's real, they're like, like my friends who I grew up, whatever, they'd be like, oh, you're in LA and your life seems amazing. and so perfect. I'm like, I'm going through the worst breakup of all time. I was dumped by this guy who dumped me for like an Instagram model. And I'm living in a roommate, like with a roommate who's 45. I'm paying way too much rent. Like it, it was just, it's, I think realness is a lot. It's good for people. <laughs> Do you think that there is, because obviously like documentaries are extremely real. I mean, the, the whole basis of them is based off of real events, but do you think that there's going to be more of a push in the narrative world towards less scripting that is so like fake? Like it's, it really is becoming more based off of real people's lives. Totally. I, I think shows like, I just thought of Euphoria, which I mean, that's not even like my demographic necessarily, but what I do think that came to mind is just that it's it's very real like i mean actually that's pretty heightened to be honest with what kids deal with in, yeah in high school but i think it's dealing with maybe topics that seemed taboo before but yes i and personally i've always been a fan of more real dialogue and a reason i do love comedies is because on a lot of comedies not all of them um, and bigger comedic directors, they'll have like, I know Larry David does this on Curb Your Enthusiasm. So instead of having a written script, they'll have like a listicle thing almost of points to hit and then they improv. So it becomes much more real. And I love that. And I think that if it is scripted, I do notice a trend towards stuff that's kind of like the mundane everyday people being people. And I, I definitely do see more of those coming up. I think some, sh like if you do lean into more of the scripted narrative, it becomes kind of like a rinse and repeat. It's like everything is a little bit copying what's been done before, but changing it ever so slightly so that it seems like completely new. That's just totally. my as a viewer. No, well, there's also now more because there's so many different outlets for people, like more, there's more and more digital content out there. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think we're moving away from the like very sitcom-y staged type of content that you're talking about. Yeah. So you also have co-founded a creative marketing agency called Wake and Make Media. I have been trying so hard to make sure I don't say wake and bake. Do you get that a lot? Yeah. And that's how <laughs> I came up with it. <laughs> So you created that agency with your business partner, Corey, um, and you guys create marketing campaign videos for social platforms and you also create films, which is cool. So why start a marketing agency? Like where did this business idea sprout from? Because you clearly like were killing it already. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, what people don't realize sometimes is that in entertainment, you have to have a side gig. <laughs> and wait, are you, wait, you don't make loads of money right away every time. Isn't that shocking? You yeah. don't win an Oscar after six months for the most part. And you don't make like millions of dollars within the first year <laughs> of being there. So um, I'm sorry if I disappointed anyone. <laughs> But I started because I've always had small production companies that I've made films under. So this was just another one. And we made like Verified. We did another horror one called All My Friends. We've done a bunch of mini series. And then from there, other influencers started asking us to help them either write content or film content for them. So on our off days, we would do that. And then I got hired by a, it was like a TikTok competitor at the time to like, write, direct, and then edit original shows for different uh, influencers. So 
then both of us were hired to do that. And then from there, people were like, oh, can you help us do this commercial? Can you help us do this film? So that's kind of how it, we got into it. And then since quarantine, since COVID, we were just had downtime and learned about like sales funnels and Facebook ads and all of that. And we're like, all right, you know what? We're going to throw this in too. So it really goes hand in hand with what like my entertainment background and like what I do full time. For instance, right now I have three different projects I'm working on like film projects while I do, for instance, like a CBD commercial for a company. So it's a good way to practice and make money and just feels like it keeps up your skills. So you kind of already touched on this, but what do you think that you've been able to do since starting this business agency, aside from just having a side gig and making some extra cash during downtime that you feel like you may have not had the opportunity to do otherwise? So I think it's really allowed me to hone my filmmaking skills because there's two of us. So, and we'll hire people depending on the gig, but you know, I do, I usually write it all. And then I usually direct. And then my partner is a better editor than me. So I make him do that. But I've become a lot better filmmaker. I've learned how to tell different types of stories. I've learned how to tell stories quickly, which was one of the biggest things. Even if you're doing like a sizzle reel or a commercial or a mini series. And I've also been able to tell other people's stories as opposed to just doing my own. When you say like telling stories shortly, do you mean like when you're making the social media marketing campaigns, like it could be like 15 seconds. Exactly. And like, for instance, working with other influencers, they'll be like, okay, I want a concept of, you know, this guy's at a house party and it needs to be a viral video that's going to be 30 seconds max. Mm -hmm. Come up with that. And it's like, you know, it's using your brain to figure out how to get people to like hooked as quick as possible and actually have beginning, middle and end as quickly as possible. What do you think the biggest, biggest challenge has been since you've started that you weren't like expecting? I, not that I didn't expect this, but dealing with different types of personalities and different types of clients is difficult because everyone like knows, you know, wants different things, but that's also been helpful because you do learn more and how to like adjust what you are doing. Um, It's been difficult balancing that with my like passion projects because Mm -hmm. there's times where I'm like, I don't want to do marketing right now. Like I love film. I want to make a funny film and I have to work on like a video for a plastic surgeon. So (laughs) me like just being like, I want to do it all uh, and figuring out how to balance it. Okay. So something that I did think was really interesting about your agency that I don't see amongst the industry as a whole is that you guys not only put an emphasis on making the content, but also you say, you know, that you can assist in kind of spreading the content online and getting a little bit of publicity for the client. And why do you think that adding this step to your process is so important? Or like, what advantages have you seen because of that? Thank you. I'm glad you think it's unique because I, working with different types of people who create content, what I realized, especially in LA, like anyone and their mother could be a content creator. And anyone could kind of, if you're a content creator, you can say you own a marketing agency or you can start a marketing agency or a, I shouldn't say marketing, a production agency. You can, you're a content creator and you could do that for yourself. You can do it for others. And that's very similar to being a filmmaker. But what I never saw was even in terms of getting more views for my stuff, like I'd have to go to somebody to help me make it or make it myself. And then I'd have to pay someone thousands of dollars to market it. And I never saw anyone do both. And between myself and my partner, we were like, wait, we know all of this. Like, why don't we just do it all? And he has like an accounting background as well. So we really have all of our bases covered. And I write a lot and have written a lot 
for different um, PR agencies. So that's kind of how the PR thing came in. So sometimes it works to our advantage and disadvantage. Some people are like, there's no way two of you can do it all. Like they expect a whole crew to come in, but then other people are like, oh, wow, you guys do it all. That's awesome. Do you think that if someone is just starting their career and they are trying to market themselves as a freelancer, do you think that it is valid to point out like, if they do have a marketing background, like maybe they went to school for marketing or PR and they, so they have this background knowledge. You think they should continue to play into that in their freelancing career as well? That's a really good question. So depending on what the freelancing career is, I think it's a really good idea. And what I realized very early on is, especially as an actor, you have a side gig and it could be waiting tables, bartender, whatever. For mine, like right away, I always wrote. So I would write articles for different people or publications. And what I realized though, is that as a freelancer, there's a million of me, there's a million photographers, there's a million cinematographers, you go on Fiverr. And I went, I remember going on, I was like, wait, there's nothing special about me. There's a million of me. Why would they hire me? I spent years finding every angle to make it the best possible angle. So what I would say is that anything that does differentiate you, you should absolutely throw in, especially when you are getting into like the real world, people don't care as much about like, I went to this college and you know, my major was this, but if you spin it in a way that like, I have a PR background, I have a marketing background, like you said, and then in your free time, start like honing those skills. Like maybe you learn about Facebook ads, or maybe you do some research and figure out how to get onto, you know, like PR Newswire or get like a press release out there. You, you have a huge leg up over your competitors if you're not just a photographer, but you're a photographer who can take pictures and then get PR for them. Because who wouldn't want that? I agree. Exactly. Um, yeah. So yes, point taken. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that our time is almost up. I have one more question for you, but so far yeah. this has been, I mean, it's gone by so fast. This has been great. Yeah. So I have to know what you think your proudest moment in your career has been up to this day. Oh, that's hard. I think when Verified did end up winning a bunch of awards and I had, I, I did that with zero expectations. I was like, wow, that's cool. Like it was, it was validating and it, it made me realize that. And I just like threw it, I threw it up on my social media and I got like a lot of really good feedback. So I was really proud that I, cause I've made a bunch of stuff, but that was something that seemed to like really stand out and people realize that was like, well done. So that was a good one. And then, um, Anytime someone like acknowledges your, your work or you realize that like you are a valuable asset is like very, it's great. It's a good feeling. Cause like even like some influencers who I've, I started following years ago and then I find myself in a situation where I'm like filming with them. I'm like, this is really cool. Like I never thought in a million years that I'd end up filming with this person who I used to like stalk. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My long-winded answer. That's perfect. That's awesome. I agree with that too. I think there's so many people that I follow that I'm always like, man, they're doing stuff that's so cool. That would be, I would be so like starstruck almost to get on set with them someday. And maybe someday if I ever do, I will be like, you will. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> or at least maybe I'll just have them on this podcast and that'll be just about. Oh, yeah. Have, <laughs> Everyone loves to be interviewed. Yeah. <laughs> this has been so great. Like I said, I, I mean, it's gone by so fast and I kind of had a feeling it would. So I'm glad that you were able to take the time today. And I know everyone's going to love your story and everyone, please check out Verified. It, Thank it, you so much. Yeah. And Verified is on YouTube, I know, but are there other platforms that we can find it on? 
Yeah, it's on YouTube and it's on Amazon Prime. So it's free if you have Prime. If it's you don't have Prime, then go on YouTube because then it's free. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. And Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. All right, guys, that wraps it up for today. Megan is awesome. I hope you guys learned something from her. Bye, guys. <laughs>